0: Hello, collective listeners. On today's episode, we have Morgan Foster. Morgan currently works for TeamWorks, which I thought was really interesting to kind of dive into uh, her current career and the differences between working for TeamWorks, coaching, um, you know, but every coach is still a coach at heart. So we obviously dive into her process um, that she had with Charlotte men's basketball, kind of her background um, and and really covered a lot of topics today. I really loved our conversation and I know you all will as well. So thank you for listening. What's going on, collective listeners? On today's episode, we have Morgan Foster. Uh, Morgan is currently a consultant within the tactical division at Teamworks, but uh, we actually originally met uh, last year at uh, Charlotte, uh, University of Charlotte. Uh, we, the, Charlotte came back and beat us. From, I think we were up at 20 at like halftime or something and y'all came back. So bad memory for me, hopefully good memory for you, but uh, thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to bring up the the comeback of uh, how that went. I think at halftime, I was like, I think I should just leave. This is a bad game.
0: <laughs> I would. I I can't. It's so funny because like people always ask me like, do you like the games? Like, I'm like, of course I do. You know, but like, there's never a situation where I'm not nervous because it's either we're up. And, like, I'm like, oh, my goodness, they can't come back. Or we're, like, way up, like, maybe against, like, a, a D3 team or an NAIA team. And it's like, I just don't want anybody to get injured, you know, or we're down and I'm worried about coming back. Like, I'm always so nervous. And I remember in that game we went into halftime and I was like, all right, we're up 20. I was like, this is a good team, though. Like, we have to stay locked in. And then I think immediately came out, I can't remember, I think it was one your big hit a three and, like, I was like, oh, no. And it just started snowballing from there.
1: Yeah, I'll say that it helped that we were at home, but uh, I agree with you. Um, not being on the sidelines anymore, though, it's still just as stressful. You watch the games, and you're like, still nervous, and it's like, uh, I'm, sure.
0: I'm not,
1: I'm not coaching anymore.
0: And, like, you know, tonight, like, our men are over at uh, Oregon State. I'm going to stay back and watch it. And it's going to be, like, 10 p.m. here because of the time difference. But I'm just going to be just as nervous, like you said. You know, I mean, oh, my goodness. And, yeah, you did have quite the atmosphere there. I loved going to the game there. I wish we were on the, the better end of it. But, I mean, like, when I was doing the warm-ups, I was clapping. And then, like, the entire uh, student section started clapping with me every time I clapped. It was It was funny. They got me going.
1: Yeah, it was definitely the best crowd we had all season for sure. Um, mm. But like, that's what you wanted every time. Like, you want app to come to us every time because, like, you love those atmospheres.
0: Oh, for sure. And like, that's I. I think. Uh, I think that's why we still try to stay local, you know. But like, I think potentially we didn't sign another home and away because we always have to do the away part. It's not just home. <laughs> So, okay, well, fantastic. Let's get right into it. Uh, Morgan, can you kind of just give me a breakdown of your history in strength and conditioning and then what uh, kind of led you to your current position?
1: Yeah, um, so I'll sort of start from way back when, right, Uh, when I first got into it. So I went to a small D2 school down in Orlando, Florida. Um, Unfortunately, my soccer career was not the best um, by any means. I was always injured, and uh, I was always looking for a way to get back. And our strength coach was phenomenal with that, and so he sort of inspired me to get into it. Um, I was fortunate enough that he actually owned his private facility. So I interned there. Um, I'm not a big, like crowd person talk in front of people, but the second I stepped on the floor, like it just hit, like I just could coach. It was easy. Like it just came to me. Um, so I was fortunate enough that like, let me have a part-time position there while I finished up school and then took a full-time job there for the first year. Um, but being like a psychology undergrad, I was like, I know nothing about strength conditioning. (laughs) So I ended up going up to University of Virginia, getting my master's there, uh, was uh, Olympic uh, GA for my first year. And then my second year, I actually got into the basketball world. And I was like, this is awesome. Like being involved in basketball, getting to see them every day, being at practice, like I thought it was great. Um, I was then again, fortunate enough that after my time at Virginia for grad school, I uh, got a full-time job there. So I worked with the women's side, basketball and then worked a little bit with the men's side as well so spent two seasons there um, had a head coaching change after my first season and and just decided that hey you know what maybe this isn't the right fit for me um so i left and went to exos actually out in south dakota so um never knew a city in south dakota until i moved out there uh phenomenal experience got to manage a state-of-the-art facility um out in rapid city south dakota met some phenomenal people but There was always just something that was calling me back, um, calling me back in the college athletic world. The same day, I got two phone calls from two different head coaches asking me if I was interested in coming back in college athletics. And I was like, "Okay, maybe maybe this is it.
0: Right. Definitely a sign.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, I picked one over the other, um, but both like great people. And I got to go to come back to the East Coast and go to UNC Charlotte where I just spent the last three seasons um, working on the men's basketball side. And I knew that coach from Virginia, so it was an easy process to get into it. Um, and then in June, that head coach decided to go back to the University of Virginia. Um, and we were offered to stay on, but I felt like this was the time for what's new, what's next. I really liked the city of Charlotte. Um, it was a big selling point for me. And so I am over now at TeamWorks working on their SmartaBase division. Um, which is an AMS system.
0: And, uh, you know, it's quite the journey of going private, back to college, back to private. I mean, are, are you still open to going back to the collegiate side?
1: You know, I'm never going to close any doors, um, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think when I look at my career, like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have thought I would be in basketball, right? Like that's just how, how life goes. And, and so I'm never going to say yes or no to anything. Um, I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying learning what I am right now. Um, continuing to grow as, as both a person, as a strength coach, uh, and see where that takes me.
0: It's a great answer right there. I mean, uh, you, you never know on anything, right? Like, that's the uh, ultimate answer for every strength coach. It depends. You know, anytime you get asked a question, it, it depends. I don't it, know.
1: Especially if someone has me on record. Like, I got to be careful, be like, hey, you know.
0: <laughs> Extremely fair point. <laughs> yeah. I did put the heat on you a little bit. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that uh, you brought up in your intro that we haven't really Uh, delved into as much when I've been hosting the podcast is a lot of people talk about strength coaches kind of inspiring their journey to become a strength coach. You know, uh, you spoke a lot about injuries that you experienced. Like what were those things that that strength coach did that really inspired you to take that next step and really look into becoming a strength coach?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't be on the field. Um, And I was like, well, what can I do? Right. Like I, I was just itching to get back. Whereas he was like, yeah, we can do this. We can do a modified march. We can, you know, squat to this depth or do arms all day. Um, So for me, it was that piece of like, I wanted to continue to get better. And if I couldn't get better at soccer, how was I getting better? And he just sort of showed me a different way to get better. And, you know, I mean, I think you can't be conditioned enough, at least for soccer. And like, obviously, soccer players are notoriously weak, um, I would say. And so like, I got to, you know, live in the weight room for a bit and, experiencing that and i think that's why i sort of honed in on it
0: you know you bring up because I, I remember a soccer player i was watching one time on a trx rollout dislocator shoulder and i was like oh my goodness this is this is nuts i've never i've never seen anything like this and i kind of the strength coach of mine was a really good buddy and i was like dude that is not your like how are you who in the world is programming trx rollouts and it's like hey I just hope nobody dislocates their shoulder on this one
1: you got you to gotta think of all things, right, as a strength coach.
0: I mean, it's just, it's incredible, everything that you have to think of. Well, can you kind of talk to me about your position with TeamWorks now? What are the uh, kind of your main responsibilities with your job? And um, what have you been doing since arriving at TeamWorks?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's still learning. Uh, I started here in the end of August. And I mean, it's a whole new system, right? Like, Think of being a strength coach and like you walk into a new job and you're like, I got this. Like, I know the weight room. Um, This is like on a website and I'm like, I don't know where anything is. Um, You do one little thing wrong and the whole thing doesn't populate. And you're just like, I'm an idiot. Um, It really goes through your head. So now I'm starting to get on some projects, um, helping clients um, more from the tactical side. So, you know, pretty cool of what they're doing um, with that. And then get to just like build out their dashboards, see what technology they're using, right? Are they using Aura? Are they using Garmin? What kind of questionnaires do they have? is their medical staff involved? Um, so then just helping create like this picture for them, taking data and creating visualizations and then helping them understand what we're coming from, how we're doing it, but then also listening to them and like, Hey, this isn't going to work. How can we make this better? Or, Hey, this is actually our process from a intake of a service member to their first performance test. Like how do we make this workflow better? Um, so that's what I've slowly been learning and slowly been getting a little bit more, uh, The rain's taken off and, you know, I think I've sent like four emails, which is like pretty big progress at this point.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, how has that transition been to working with a more tactical population for you?
1: It's different. It makes you take a step back of like, I knew a lot, right? I knew the basketball world pretty well. I knew the college world pretty well. Um, And I really just have to step back and listen and learn and hear what they're actually saying. And then taking it from, yes, I'm talking to like another strength coach or a high performance director, but then if we're creating that for the service member, what does the service member want to see and how can they see that, right? It's just like our athletes, like they don't know what HRV is. So how are we sort of showing them that, showing them trends, giving that information in like an easy way? Um, So that's, I think, been like the learning process of like, just take a step back, like I think at all times we want to like rush into something, and I've learned a lot through this process of like, take your time, figure out the client, figure out their site, figure out what they need, and then start to progress.
0: I mean, that's got to just make you a better coach, though, overall as well.
1: Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I think I've grown so much just in the few months I've been here. Of like, you know, I always want to dive into something, and it's like, well, let's like break this apart a little bit more and understand that the root of the problem first. Or understand like what they need from me because um, a few times I've I've done something right off the bat I've gotten a task and I'm like I got this and I do it and it's wrong and then it's like you got to start back over and it's like you know what if I would have just asked a few more questions on the front end this the first time around would have been better
0: That kind of seems to me like the whole concept of an AMS or athlete management system for anybody who's not familiar with the acronym as a whole, right, is, you know, a lot of times we don't uh, necessarily use one here at App State. And there's a lot of things where I kind of reflect back on the year. And if I look into our program for next year, I'm like, man, if I did take a little bit more time and collect a little bit more data, maybe I could have figured this out and not made this mistake.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're always learning, right? I think any good coach, right, is always learning and always taking what they've lost or done wrong. And. And going forward, and so I'm just trying to take what I learned in strength and conditioning and obviously put it into sort of a little bit different role,
0: yeah. No, I mean, it, it's so interesting. And I guess a question I have about you know using an AMS too is how, how do people not dive too far into the data side of it? You know, how do you prevent people from just obsessing over it and always constantly trying to find that smaller edge?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you sort of look at like, hey, what are your I mean. KPIs, right? Like, what do you want to know? What do you want to portray to that service member? Um, like we talk about sleep and we were t- having this conversation, whether, you know, do we want time in bed or do we want subjective sleep or do we want to use a technology that records sleep? And it's so like really at the end of the day, it's going to be what you feel like is going to get the best message to your service member. And that's where you're like, Hey, let's, let's take this a step back. Like, let's go service level first. And then once they understand that, then we can dive a little bit deeper and give them a little bit more of that information. Um, Mm. So I think it's just, again, going back to coaching, right? Like it's, it's the same thing, like give them a little bit, like if the guys start to drink, you know, 10 glasses of water, then you can correct a little bit more from their nutrition side, but don't overload them right away.
0: Yeah, no, I, I this is exactly it, right? It's the same as a new athlete coming in. It's making small tweaks. I, you, you know, you're not going to be drinking cherry juice and magnesium at night and then having, uh, what, dried beef liver in the morning when you first get here. You know, I mean, some people never get to that level, but it's always about taking those small steps. One thing I'm a little curious about is, you know, with your coworkers – I feel like there's always on the private side um, a mix of coaches and non-coaches. Are, are you one of the, uh, like, is it all coaches on your staff? Are you one of the only coaches?
1: No. So my team, there's four or five of us, and we're all former strength coaches. All, awesome. Um, either like WNBA or, or college in some level. Um, so some have had, obviously, experience with the system and, and some haven't. But, no, we're all coaches trying to now put on a different hat and consult, but – you know, we're, we're always going back to like our previous knowledge with that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's gotta be the, the knowledge base that you fall back on. And then one thing I'm curious about too, I know you just from previous experience talking with you. You're now working remote, correct? Yep. What, what has that experience been like? Cause I can't imagine not walking into a weight room every morning.
1: Um, it's been challenging. And I think like what people don't talk about is this like a public gym piece that you know it's
0: <laughs> i'm so curious I, like
1: it's it's sort of it hit me hard like i walked into a gym and i was like this is what's going on yeah. like i felt like way overdressed first of all. <laughs> like you're just like and i didn't have my camera ready wasn't you know it, it, it's just a different experience so i think that was hard um i think not i didn't think i was a social person by any means like i think i'm an introvert, but. I've realized more and more that I like to talk to people and I like to, so that was hard at first too, just cause I was training a lot from like the uh, smarter base side. Now I'm in a lot of meetings um, or we have a system where we can just like video each other. Like yesterday I videoed someone and our talk was supposed to be five minutes, but we went down a rabbit hole, of strength and conditioning and it was 45 minutes later. Um, but definitely like the, the gym life is probably the biggest adjustment.
0: I mean, you brought up so many good points there, right? Like, first of all, I remember, like, just when I was – the last time I lifted in a public gym, seriously, has to have been, I mean, college. Like, I was, like, on a day pass in college, yeah. Like, and, and I can only imagine how much it's evolved since. But I just saw somebody post a TikTok of him lifting, and he was in, like, what, Timberlands and jeans, you know? <laughs> and, and, like, and I'm like, you're also filming yourself in the middle of everybody. Like, I don't know how people have the confidence to do this.
1: Yeah, I think a few times I've, like, unracked people's weights because I just got frustrated that they <laughs> left. they like, well, I can see them walk out of the gym, and I'm like, all right, I got this. And I just, like, unrack their weights, and I'm doing that. I'm like, what am I doing? But it's better than, like, going up to someone and correcting them. So we'll take the unracking weights over we like, trying to coach someone.
0: 100%. And, you know, I feel like maybe you have the opportunity to go there and be the head strength coach of the local gym, set your standards, you know, uh, whatever low goes up, you know, whatever you want to see.
1: Yeah, exactly. You make sure it's uniform. I watched someone drop a bar the other day. It really hurt my soul a little bit.
0: <laughs> that's the, that, that's like the most horrifying part is I've had interns before come in to drop empty bars. And I'm just like, please stop. Like it, it's like, uh, it, it, it I agree hundred percent. It hits you deep in your soul. It's awful to hear. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess one thing that you brought up, too, within that is your KPIs, right, or key performance indicators. And this has been something that, you know, this concept was first introduced to me by my mentor, uh, Dan Worth, uh, Tennessee. Uh, And I was really struggling with basketball to start, Uh, you know, because obviously you said you'd never imagine yourself in basketball. I never did either. You know, uh, I, I mean, I, I wish the listeners could physically see me in person. I mean, we've met, you know, I'm just like I'm built to be a power lifter. I mean, that's how we'll put it. Like there's no shot that I'm anywhere close to, uh, you know, the skill set necessary for basketball. So when I made that initial transition, it was really difficult for me to figure out uh, exactly what were the things that I should be training? What was the information that I needed to know from our athletes and then how to compare it to other programs as well? Uh, and so I called my mentor and he kind of basically said, call other strength coaches, find out their KPIs, um, and, you know, discover really how to see where your team stands and what are some areas that you need to improve upon, you know, uh, when you're actively coaching, what are your KPIs? What are the things that you look for in general? And then maybe basketball specifically.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think in general, right? Like we are there to obviously get them fitter, get them stronger, get them everything. But if they're as fit as they can be and if they're as strong as they can be, but they're never available, like that's the biggest red flag. Right. So I think like player availability has to be like my biggest KPI. Right. And that's just going to depend on individually, like what strengths and weaknesses do they have on that court? Like I start from the basketball side when we would get a recruit, I would watch film before this recruit came on campus, let me watch film, let me see what they're good at, let me see what they're not good at. Um, and then talk to the coaches about that as well, because those areas will help them keep them on the court as well. If you see like a deficiency in strength based on how they move or, or whatever it is. Um, so me, that's like for sure the biggest. Injuries happen, right? We, we can't prevent them. Like there's no chance some guy steps on an ankle, you know, runs off the court, whatever it happens to be, they're going to get injured. So then what is that timeline to return? How many practices do they miss? How many games do they miss? You know, obviously, again, some of that is under our control. If they have to have surgery, like I can only push them so hard. But if they roll their ankle, you know, instead of a, you know, month process, can we take that down to two weeks based on the strength of their lower extremity, based on what we've done prep wise for them on the front end to help prepare them? So that's the biggest ones. And then obviously, like when we talk about strength and conditioning, you have to talk about. How does it relate to the court? And when I look at relating to the court, like especially from the basketball side, you got to talk about jumping, right? Has the jump height increased? Has time to take off decreased? And has the depth of the jump decreased as well? Like those are big things. And then what's my change of direction times? Are those getting better? Are my approach jumps getting better? Is my conditioning getting better? Like, unfortunately, nothing I named was in the weight room, right? Mm -hmm. Like obviously, like we squat, we bench, we lift. But how does that translate to them being a better mover on the court?
0: No, I mean that makes complete sense, and that's the that's the exact evolution I went through. Right? Is like it's it really isn't about how much we can front squat, um, which I thought I was ahead of the curve by doing front squats instead of back squats, you know. And then I quickly found out that uh, you know if you're strong and you can't move well, you're going to be a pretty bad basketball team.
1: Yeah, and I was I'm definitely fortunate enough for working for a head coach that never once asked me anything weight related he never asked me what what squat variation they're doing what their weight was how have they progressed like you know he was like yeah we have them for four years like make sure they can balance on one leg like that was one of his big like kpis for them he's like
0: but it's realistic though
1: he was like some of our guys can't balance on one leg i was like all right coach i got you
0: like
1: (laughs) i'll work on that um so yeah i think it's it also depends on your coach right like i never had him walk into the weight room and be worried about what I was doing. And I'm fortunate for that. Um, I think a lot of coaches can't say that. Some of these coaches want like reports every day of like, how much did they lift? How many times are we lifting? Like coach, do they look better on the court? Yes or no? Like if the answer is yes, then we're starting to do our job. Right.
0: I think that's, that's such the tough balance of strength and conditioning too is You know, a lot of times it really depends on what your coach is looking for because, you know, some like on some teams, I'm seen as more of the a culture setter and trying to help drive that aspect, um, and even within the same team, maybe on the off season we work more on culture stuff. In season we work work more on availability, like you're saying, you know. Uh, but other teams, it's you know, like a, it's our men's teams sound almost exactly the same. Like he he comes in, he'll say hello to the players. That's it. It's not, uh, what are we doing here or or what's this? It's not a uh, like when they come in the way room, I'm not, I'm not like, man, what are they, what are they gonna evaluate today? Like what what's the question gonna be today? Um, instead, it's like, what's up? And then they'll usually mess with the players a little bit and then leave. Uh but that freedom then allows you to do uh you know wh- whatever you really see is uh beneficial to your team and then what allows them to be successful. So I mean that's I love the KPI though of standing on one leg. I mean that that just cracks me up.
1: <laughs> hey I mean, I mean maybe maybe that should be like a time test. Uh potentially. You and know then, if I if I get back into it maybe like, all right, I gotta do it for a minute or something. Who knows? Yeah,
0: I, I like it. Uh, I mean, but seriously, it's, I, I'm, I'm even doing a. Uh... For everybody listening, I'm uh, you know this episode will be released before uh, the end of December, and that is uh, you know the perfect time to renew your NSCA CSCS certifications. So if anybody's undergoing that, I had to buy a course on core training. I mean, but we're t- we're talking about core training, and then you know we just uh, I mean it was so interesting to see just the simple things that these super strong athletes can can do and can't do. You know, um, like being able to uh, differentiate between diaphragmatic breathing and not, you know, like it's just so crazy. So I like the simplicity of that single leg balance test because, I mean, ultimately, if you can't balance on one leg, like, you know, th- maybe there are some things that are con- uh, concerning.
1: Yeah, our guys, uh, are, they hated our warm-up because it was like 15 minutes, quadrupeds, dead bugs, single yeah. leg, ex- like, and it was great because then we sort of took some of this PT out, right? Like, oh, you have low back issues, dead bugs, like, you know, dig your low back into the ground, like all these things but they're like, Oh, we hate this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like,
1: I know, but like, this is the foundation. Like we need this foundation before we go lift.
0: No, a hundred percent. And it's so interesting you bring that up because I spoke with um, the athletic trainer over at Davidson uh, with their men's basketball team. And he gave a presentation over the summer and he was talking about, I think I can't remember the exact numbers, but essentially the number of practices they missed were, you know, it was divided by like eight uh, over the next year. Like they, they really limited how much, um, Players are missing practice. And he spoke about in the warmups having those things in, uh, having guys move before they actually start moving, you know, getting on the court. Uh, And so, I mean, that's just such a solid point that you bring up because. Uh, time and time again, I mean, I get to speak to a lot of coaches on the podcast. It's really nice, um, and I get to see the coaches who are successful, the coaches who have in one specific area lower injury rates. What are the common themes amongst that? And the lowest injury rates are always the ones who move and can uh, do the basic functional movements like dead bugs, bird dogs, the small things that uh, you know. I like skipping over. I mean, personally, like I hate them too. So maybe I, you know, I, I, but I reflected on it, and I need to put in my program just a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I don't, my personal program doesn't have any of that. I I skipped the warm up completely. So, you know, uh, do what I say, not as I do. Right.
0: Yep. And then my back is just paper mache, you know, so I, I, but I understand completely because I'd really rather, I'd never warm up in my life. I don't think I will. (laughs) So, well, you did speak about availability as well. And I mean, I think that ties into what we were just talking about, you know, uh, obviously that involves a really good relationship with your athletic trainer. You know, how, can you kind of talk to me about your relationship with them and, and how that coordinated so you could make that jump from somebody being out for four weeks to maybe three or two weeks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think communication is key. Um, both sort of understanding, like, where each other's strengths and weaknesses are coming from. Um, both strength coach or both, sorry, athletic trainers that I've had um, at University of Virginia and at Charlotte, like, are also my best friends like that's just like how close our relationship has come over the years um and it was you know i remember having a talk with our athletic trainer at virginia and we had a return to play uh acl she was four weeks post-op she was in the weight room two weeks post-op um and he was like hey i'm taking out all squatting all split squats like that's your area like i'm gonna work on manual therapy and so it's just understanding like what can i do for them to help them and what can they do for me to help me. And so it's that sort of like, Hey, what are you good at? What are you not good at? And how do you balance both of them? Um, but I don't think you can, you can't over-communicate like that would be the biggest, biggest thing for that relationship to work out.
0: I think it's so funny you bring that up too, because even when people I feel like are over-communicating, I'm like, damn, this is still valuable information. Like I've heard from you too much, but I need to hear this stuff because it's going to help me.
1: Yeah, like, hey, did they check in with you? Like, we have a rule, or I had a rule that, like, if like we will modify in the weight room, but like, you needed to check in with the athletic trainer. Like, he's there. He's there for that reason. Um, so check in with him. Then he'll give feedback. Then you're in the weight room 15 minutes beforehand, so then we can alter that program, have those conversations, and it just makes the whole process so much easier.
0: A hundred percent. And I love that rule, too, because it is like, you know, every once in a while, athletes may just be trying to coast in for the day. Oh, my knee hurts a little bit or my back hurts. Can I get on the pitch arc instead? You know, uh, and I think that's a totally valid point is you have to be doing treatments. You have to go see your athletic trainer, uh, because even if there is truth to it, even if your back does hurt a little bit, we need to address this problem before it becomes something bigger. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I've been on the topic of not necessarily rules, but more of like non-negotiables. Uh, I think it's been really interesting to kind of talk with other coaches and see what are their non-negotiables within the weight room. So I'm going to turn the question on you.
1: Yeah, I think control the controllables at all times. I mean, this was, you know, throughout our program and everything we did, right? Like, even from a basketball standpoint, it was like, you know, don't turn the ball over. Like, that's a controllable or Um, so for me, it's, it's be on time, be on is 15 minutes early, like one, because if you're not on time, like then a teammate starting to wonder, Hey, did they sleep in? And then that gives your teammate actually some time to check in to make sure you're good. Um, back to over communicate, right? Like if something happens, I've had a player calls me, Hey, my car got broken into great. Thanks for letting me know. Like, are you good? Do we need to send someone? Don't worry about lift. Right. But if they didn't do that, then I'm all upset. And I'm frustrated and the players are now like on edge. Um, So over communicate for sure. Dress for that activity. I don't care if you're injured, if you're like, whatever it is, like you better come in. If we have certain apparel for the weight room, like you better come in dressed for that. If we have practice gear, dress for that. If you're injured, coach still might have you, you know, pass. There's always video cameras around. There's always like things around that I want you to look in your form with the team. So those for me are like the biggest, like control your controllables. And then it's like for us, read your sheets. Like every individual had their own sheet. Read what it says, read the tempo, read the sets, read the weight. And then if you have questions, ask them, right? Don't ever hesitate to ask questions like, oh, I didn't know. No, 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 that's not an excuse. Ask, like if coach yells at a play and you don't know the play, like you're going to ask someone. You're not going to just like, go by yourself and run this random play that your four other teammates don't know. Um, so all those things, like I think we're related one to on the court and then two to life, right? At the end of the day, these guys are not going to be basketball players for the rest of their life. How can we set them up for success? Um, and those are, are simple ways to do it.
0: No, I, I, you brought up the point before I even did, I was going to say those, I mean, those non-negotiables are hundred percent related to daily life and just interacting. And, and you know, cause like it, Brings up the example to me of uh, we were at practice a couple weeks ago, uh, and we have our practice facility, which is a quick drive uh, away, and I left 20 minutes before the practice started to go get there. And then I was there, you know, what, I think 14 minutes before we were officially supposed to start, and that's like circle up before we warm up and do everything, and then the team was already warming up. Like without me, and I was like, you know what? Like that's, I mean, like that, I get that's got to be on me though, right? To understand that, hey, we have a team because they've started maybe four or five minutes earlier before. So knowing, hey, I need to give myself even more of a buffer, right? Because I mean, in that moment, it was really embarrassing for me. Like we're running the warm up, and I'm not even there, you know. And then of course we're doing exactly like you said. The cameras were around. They were doing a mic'd up on one of the players. It's in the mic'd up. If anybody wants to fact check me on this, you know, he's leading the warm up. So it was just a, it was just a brutal look, but it was a good lesson for me.
1: But can it also be a testament to you that they know the warmup and that they can run
0: it? Hopefully so. I, I like the glass half full aspect of that. I, I appreciate it. Um, and then, you know, just the remainder of those, I, I really agree with as well too. I think the asking questions, you know, understanding all the information, but then asking questions to make sure you clarify those is really important. And that's where something as a coach I struggle with sometimes because like Questions can kind of drive me nuts sometimes, you know, because I kind of it, it's so funny because I go through three separate teams in a day. We've got women's golf. We've got men's basketball. We got women's basketball. A lot of times there's lifts that kind of overlap, you know, like a dumbbell single arm row is going to be in every program I have. Uh, and so if they're going to be doing a dumbbell single arm row, that's the first time they've been doing it today. It's the third time I've seen it. So if they ask a question for me, it's really hard for me to not be like, dude, how do you not know this? You know, but at the same time, they how could they? Because I've seen it way more than they have.
1: So I actually put a rule on the players to like, if they, if they come up and ask that question, I'll say, Hey, go ask so-and-so. So So I put it back on the team because we were such a player led team that these guys should know these exercises. Like my guys that have been with me for three years, like no excuse for them not to know. It's like, and if they don't know it, then yeah, come to me again. Yeah. But it also creates this like better camaraderie between the two. Like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Here's how you do it. And like, they'll start instructing them. Like, I'm like, man, you could be a good, pretty good strength coach one day. Um, so, I think that's cool to see too.
0: Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I'm going to have to steal that. I mean, you know, we, uh, our, our lifts are obviously, we're in season now, so cut way down. And, and you know, it's funny because I set up our lifts intentionally for it's like they know everything. They know the technique really, really well in season. But as soon as we hit off season, I'm going to have a little post it note and uh, remind myself to ask that question. You know, it, one thing too that's so interesting about that is the player led aspect. Um, and I feel like a lot of teams, Every team I've been with has focused on that. Um, they've always talked about being player-led. and With you guys being successful with that at Charlotte, what were some of the ways that you were able to drive that culture? Because uh, a lot of teams try, but a lot of teams aren't able to make that happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think first is like setting the standard that you want, right, first. Like you can't give them full autonomy to start, right, because they'll, they'll break it. But a lot of those go back to conversations. So we'll finish our summer, and I'll actually do KPIs with them, and I'll give feedback of like, hey, this is what you did well, this is what you didn't do well, like, do you have an opinion on it? Like, I want them to also say, like, yep, you know what, like, I didn't put 100% into the weight room. Um, These are the things I need to do better. Um, And then just asking them, like, where do you see this team? Where do you see, like, giving them those questions will make them start to feel empowered. And then when you're starting to write those rules, like, they start to To follow him, like I remember, it's like pivotal. It was actually a conference was going on online, and uh, I was missing it to coach. We just had a spring one session, and I'm like, hey, when so and so gets in, we need to be ready to go, right? Like they're coming from class, we need to be locked in. Like have his stuff ready. We're going. He walked in. They're like joking around. They're like doing their own thing. I'm like, get out. Like I'm done with you. We're not lifting today. I walked away. I go to talk to our athletic trainer, how mad I was about it. I come back. They're running the warm up. They're running the lift. Like, they got themselves. Wow. And that was the pivotal point for me. I think that was a year and a half in, maybe two years in. Like, I was like, okay, it's clicking. Like, yeah. the rules we've set and the expectations we've set are now like these players have seen the success if they follow these rules. And they're now driving the process.
0: That must have been a pretty nice moment for you.
1: It was. It it definitely was. I mean, it it was a, I said, I think it was about two years in. So um, it was a tough first year for sure with these guys. But the second year and the third year, like every year got better because they knew what I expected. And then again, I just let them lead it a little bit more each time.
0: Yeah. You know, and I think that brings up another really good aspect of that, which is if you see something, you should say something. Right. And I think that's like the uncomfortability piece for a lot of younger strength coaches is like, man, if I say something, you know, they might get upset and then how's it going to affect the rest of the lift. And it's like, no, if we have non-negotiables, like you just talked about, then they're not negotiable. And it had, we have to say something about this. You know, like we had the same almost exact same uh, deal over the summer with our women's team we were working with. They had a day where they showed up. First of all, my fiance is the dietitian here. And so if, if you have a strength coach who's engaged to the dietitian anything on campus what do you think you should probably not show up late for is a meeting with the dietitian right and so you know of course she's like she comes and tells me and she's like hey like they were like you know probably about seven minutes late for a meeting you know and I, so i went back i looked at the schedule and i was like well they clearly had enough time to get there they were just kind of lollygagging and it was even a conversation with our head coach and uh you know, we had just finished up a tough week. And it was kind of like, man, like, should we kind of give him a break on this one? And then it, it was a similar type of moment uh, of growth for us. Where I was like, no, like, cause this is, that was a non-negotiable. Like, it's like, this is our, it, it's not even on time or prepared. It's early and prepared. You are here early and prepared, ready to go. Uh, and I think that was kind of transformational for our summer as well, too. And, you know, sorry to go off on this tangent, but just you bringing up that, Hey, I, I, we're supposed to be ready when this player gets out of class. And then as soon as they're not ready saying that's, I'm not, there's, I'm, I'm not accepting that that's not going to be okay for this team. I mean, sets a different tone for the weight room.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, it sort of helped my first season at Charlotte, we lost our last night, nine games of the season, mm-hmm. right? Like it was a tough end of the season. And that spring was the toughest spring we had. Like, I'm not a big condition and run pre- people in the spring, we ran a lot <laughs> at six AM. Like one yep. thing wasn't right, like and the guys that went through that process, like they got it. They got the things that I was saying were the reasons we weren't successful on the court. Again, I don't control basketball, but we can control those things of like paying attention, listening, like all those pieces. Those were the pieces that hurt us, not the the X's and O's. And so I think sometimes when you don't have a successful season everyone can then reflect back and then the buy-in is that much greater
0: yeah no and then and then you held them to that standard and then they rose to that standard they didn't crumple underneath that because they're athletes they want to get better you know yeah and I think that was so funny for me too was learning in that first couple years is like if I tell somebody they're not doing good enough it's not like I'm attacking their entire soul and being i'm just telling them hey you're not living up to your own standards as well and you can do better uh and i um, mean nearly 100 percent of the time the athletes come back and they do better the next day
1: and especially if you've set those standards for them or if they've already said those goals like hey i want to get x y and z this summer okay well here are the steps to get there are you doing these steps and if the yep. answer is no like again that's on you
0: the blueprint's already been laid out. You yep. know, it's like, it's like weight loss, you know, like, it's not that hard. It's just eat less calories, you know, but then like, I, I love the, because uh, I'm going through it right now, you know, I'm like, damn, like, I, I thought I did better, you know, like, I thought it'd be a little bit lighter this week. And I like, thought back and I was like, well, you know, I was like, there's a lot of calories I probably didn't track, you know, a couple of things I was sneaking during the day, you know, I had the blueprint, I just wasn't following the plan. And then you talk about meetings and at the end reflecting on the offseason. Do you have those meetings at the beginning of the offseason as well?
1: Yep. Um, So right before they go home, um, that like four to six week break, whatever that is. um, And that's just, again, like our skill sessions are pretty much the same every day. Like, hey, let's have a conversation. What do you need to do before you get in? I think one of them was like this guy was like, yeah, I need to shoot 75% um, on our shooting and I'm like, okay, well, how are you going to prove to coaches that you deserve to be here and actually do that? Because he was one of our worst shooters. Um, last two games, starter, which I was not expecting, mm-hmm. and been one of our like most consistent players, right? Like, because you put in that work and because you set those goals, but it was because he got to set them and not me, yep. right? So, yeah, we, we do them. And just because it's sort of a nice way for them to leave, the, leave us for the next – Six weeks because I really don't check in with them that much, right? Yeah. Like, you hear a lot from me uh, the rest of the time. Um, I think they get like eight weeks off all year, right? It's like just go. Like if you don't work out, don't work out. This year I didn't even send them home with conditioning programs. Really, I sent them home with five days a week of lifting because I was like, at least if you lift three times a week, like we're setting ourselves up for success this summer. I was right. like, I'll I'll take control of the conditioning, like. We're not gonna be there from day one. That's okay. And by eight weeks, they were in a pretty good spot from a conditioning perspective. Um, but it's like, you know, I was a college athlete. I didn't do my conditioning program. Yeah. Like I really wanted to lift. So it's just like, hey, if I at least give them five days of this, if they get two to three days in, like it's a win.
0: Yep. No, I, I love that too. And that's like my biggest thing is that again, like you are going to hear from me so much and especially our body transformation, people, weight gain, weight loss. You're going to hear from me constantly. As soon as I see you, it's going to be, Hey, how are you? Is everything good? Okay. What'd you eat this morning for breakfast? What did lunch look like? You know, what are you going to eat for dinner? What's the plan? You know? And so uh, all you get is all these constant questions from me. So that time off, I really think is valuable. It's time off. You know, you should be able to enjoy it. And then for the strength coach, it's the same thing too. The mental energy to expand, just checking on people. And then, of course, you're going to get answers that you're not going to like, you know, and so it's like, yeah, well, I was at my cousin Sally's, uh, you know, birthday party for the past week, you know, we went out to the lake and then this week we're going to go, I'm, I'm going to uh, Ohio Country Fest or something. It's just like, all right, you know, I know you're not lifting. So why stress over it? Why put yourself through that when it's supposed to be your time to refresh as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what if COVID taught us anything, it was like rest and like getting away is like actually super beneficial. Um, extremely. And so it's like, well, you know, we have like, if they're not in shape by basketball season, like that's on the strength coaches at that point, because we spend so much time with them. They're not strong. Like same thing. We have them eight weeks in the summer. They were off for two. And then they have like another six weeks before preseason even starts. Like, you know, take the time, relax, get away from it. Be a normal human for once. Like, because you live and breathe basketball, take a step back.
0: Well, now that brings into my question. What, what do you like to do outside of strength and conditioning?
1: Uh oh, outdoor travel, uh, you know, whatever I can, I'm actually already planning, um, a trip over to Italy to, awesome. um, do the Dolomites, hut to hut hiking, um, next year, uh, big snowboarder. So I'll be out in Colorado for a decent amount, especially with, uh, working remote now I can, can sort of work and then, you know, go snowboarding for a little bit, come back and work, um. But anything outside, really, like I just like to be active um, as much as I love lifting and stuff. Like if I could rather get on a hike and spend four hours outside or go play golf, like I would prefer that.
0: Yep. no, I, I totally understand that. And I, you know, now I'm realizing the work from home aspect too. you actually get your Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's Eve. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you have a significant other, but the Valentine's Day, you know, <laughs> having those things back is pretty nice
1: it's crazy. Someone asked me to do something in July and I'm like, Oh, like, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. my, I'm like, Oh wait, actually I do know my plans. Like (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my goodness that's the best like because my fiance will always be like my mom wants to know what may is going to look like or what's this, and i'm like i have no clue like we can schedule something and i'll figure it out you know and I, I, i'm really fortunate that both of the coaches i work for here are really really good about like if if we have something planned i give them notice like i'm good to go do that you know but at the same time like i don't want to be gone when like we're having a ton of recruits coming in on one weekend you, you don't really know what's going so that's awesome that, that's got to be a nice little piece of freedom for you
1: yeah, it's, uh, I'm still trying to get used to it for sure, um, but slowly trying to remember that like, I do like to do other things outside of uh, being a strength coach.
0: There you go, and then you get to plan for 2024. That's exciting.
1: It's a little too much commitment for me, but we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> I can't even believe that Thanksgiving is going to be next week. I, I mean, know. this year has been insane for me, but... Well, I mean, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking with me, uh, you know, and I, I just I appreciate your help. We for our listeners, they don't know. We've already had conversations in the past about what you do. So I really thought it'd be interesting to bring you on because I, I, I love your viewpoint on Trade and conditioning. And I love what you've done with your teams. And uh, even though we lost that game, uh, you know, I, I, I think I can put that aside and uh, have a good working relationship with you. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: No, I appreciate it. It's been awesome. You know, I love talking strength and conditioning, even if I'm not in it. Like, I get to relive those glory days a little bit with this. And like, you're a phenomenal person. And I think you doing this is great. Like connecting the community is, is a great process.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And it may, I mean, if you love it so much, maybe we have to have like a recurring uh, guest episode spot or something.
1: Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what the viewers think, but I would <laughs> definitely be up for that.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll uh, definitely send out a poll. Uh, last thing is, you know, if anybody uh, listening would like to reach out to you or contact you, uh, or follow you on any of your social medias, what's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, my social media is probably the easiest one to get a hold of me. And obviously if they contact me through that way, I can also like give them my number, uh, Shoot me a text. You tried it. You hit me up in LinkedIn, and yeah. it took me a while to, to get back to that one. Same
0: for me. I, I I think that was the only way I was able to find you. So, <laughs> what's the uh, what's the social media tag?
1: I think it's Morgan Foster Twenty One would be okay. my guess. There, it's it's definitely like pretty easy to to find me. There's probably like an underscore in there somewhere. Um, right. Clearly, I'm not the biggest social media, <laughs> but I'll definitely definitely get to it
0: yeah that's what i i kept forgetting mine so i just had to make it strength coach connor i think that was pretty easy to remember from there that's smart (laughs) so well thank you so much morgan for coming on
1: yeah i appreciate it